Recorded live from a city occupied by suburban white dudes with badges, it's Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well. In our first segment today, we will walk through the deliberate steps of my transition that got me to the point of my facial feminization surgery. And if you have ever wondered on how to transition, this will be a practical step-by-step -step guide on how I did it. And in our second segment, we will be discussing fun stuff Penny has coming up this fall. That would be me. <laughs> I didn't write this. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't proofread it either. Here we go. And in our second segment, we will be discussing the fun stuff I have coming up this fall. And we'll provide some quick thoughts on the protests and political fallout here in Rochester, New York. But for now, it's time for the traditional music swell and fade out. Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loony, and a few British tenors from when I was in London, because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes and change isn't good or bad, it just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one. The coins. Money. About how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love, we do have expenses, and by going to TransformationThursday.com, they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today, plus get exclusive patrons-only content. Um, if I say yes, can we get on to our next segment? Oh, God, I hope so. Okay, then. TransformationThursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure. I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I'm Amy Stevens, and still after that break, my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Penny Sterling, and now, forevermore, and always, my pronouns are she, her as well. We still use them because for so many people uh, who are in transition, who are working their way through transitioning from one gender to another, there seems to be like issues with mostly other people about what to call you. Are you a boy or a girl? Which one are you? And so, as a, and so we and other people will constantly use our pronouns to remind people that there are people that are changing them, who are becoming their authentic selves, and we should always make sure that we have our best thoughts for them and treat them with the respect that they need. Amy and I are two of those people. And Amy? Well, yeah, and I also think, you know, I'm really appreciative of our cisgender uh, allies and friends who use their pronouns and make it a normative statement to say, hi, my name is Joe and my pronouns are he, him. Um, there's somebody that's now been in three out of the four classes that I'm taking online through my master's program. And he is very specific and he and he, we've had some specific conversations and I'm really appreciative that he does that on behalf of myself, but then also as a statement to other folks in our classes that, you know, we need to be aware of pronouns. So 
hat tip, yeah. hat, hat tip to him. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, and and we're very conscious about the way that we are perceived in the world, and we have both taken very deliberative steps to uh, ensure that we are um, addressed in the the proper terms. Yep. Uh, we've we've both had surgery this summer. Uh, I've already talked about my girls, uh, Spikes and Mitzi, <coughs> my breast augmentation surgery, which I had on July second. I called it Spikes and Mitzi, Mitzi because. Uh, the year exactly one year before was the first time that the Rochester Red Wings had a Pride Night. Did you, that I was actually I had the I had the opportunity to direct that game, did, and so I named, yeah you put me on camera. <laughs> yeah, I did, and you look great doing it. You look great then. You look even better now. But that so that was spikes and knit scene. We've talked about my breasts. Now we're going to talk about Amy's face. Does Glenn Mason know you've done this? Uh, did, did I call him Spikes and Mitzi? No, I haven't really told him about this. Maybe I should. Maybe, maybe. I, I might. I might get a copyright infringement lawsuit against me. So maybe not. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll be careful. Well, we'll we may, we'll tweet this. I'm sure they'll see it in a good fun that it was intended. So, so we're gonna talk about my timeline, right? Sure. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Amy. Amy, and back in the spring of 1971, two people decided to. Let's skip forward a little bit. Let's make let's oh. let's go past those through that chapter search you see on DVDs, chapter one, two. Let's let's go back. Let's flash forward to two thousand and well, where do you want to start? Let's start from where you started transitioning, because that was very deliberate. We've talked about this before, uh, and like last last time, I talked about the deliberate steps that you have taken to get to where you are with your facial feminization surgery. And we, so let's yeah. let's have you talk about and that. And we also go, you know, we also had a high level talk about it in episode number one. So if you want kind of that background story up to, you know, spring of last, or actually summer of last year when we did our first episode, um, that would be a good one. Um, you know, we maybe want to come back and re this. I think this will actually be a little bit of an add on to where we left off with my story, but, and also a little bit of review. So kids, um, Gather around the speaker and pull up a blanket, maybe a hot cocoa. Get your hot cocoa. Get a hot cocoa. Or a cool beverage, depending on the Rochester weather at the moment. Your favorite gal. Or wherever you your are. Your favorite gal, Amy, has a story for you. Once upon a time. So really where I think we should pick up is, you know, the, the deliberateness and how it started was in January of 2017. Um, I was I was actually planning my suicide. I had some serious suicide ideation going on where I was still active in the Mormon church. I was the elders quorum president, which is lack of better term, the leader of the men's group within the church for my local congregation. Um, so, yeah, go to church every Sunday, shirt, tie, you know, I, I played that Mormon role well. Um, but yet I had this duality inside of me that I've been dealing with since I've been a kid. And I didn't know how to manifest it. I was always looking into this cross-dressing, you know, all these other adjectives or things, but never wanting to label it as being transgender. Because I kind of had an imposter syndrome. I wasn't trans. I was just this, but this is in the eye of religion, sinful in nature, and I had to overcome it. But in January 2017, I was planning my suicide. The point of the matter is I had some concrete steps in mind. And so those... You know, so I had a choice to make and I came back to this thought of I'm a parent. Um, I have a spouse. Am I better off for my kids being alive and dealing with this and start coming out? Or am I better off not being around? Obviously, I chose to be around. 
So in February 2017, it came out to a close friend. Um, we talked about this a lot in episode one, but I also want to talk about the other thing that I did early on in February 2017 is I found a therapist. I, and and so that was a key moment where I started reaching out and finding support. And he and I still see him actually every once in a while. So this has been a relationship I've developed over the last three and a half years as a very key influential therapeutic relationship. I also found those online support groups across dressing chat room on Discord. So I started building community very early on in this process. And through community, through working with my therapist, I finally had the courage in late uh, late March, early April 2017. I can't remember exactly when. Um, but I came out to my now ex-wife. Um, she was shocked, to say the least. She broke down crying. She couldn't believe it. She didn't see the signs. Um, the signs were there, um, if you look back. But I think the human mind is very powerful, and it ignores things. Denial in a river in Egypt. Yep, exactly. And so, you know, they were there, but she just pushed them off to the side. You know, never thought why her husband liked to wear women's clothing for Halloween or do little weird things. Um, yeah. Like I've always said, you know, I say on my show, you know, you know, Halloween is transgender get out of jail free day. Yep, exactly. So, you know, so those little things just for her were just little things and quirks that her husband did, but not really, but not really. You keep pointing at me. No, no, I keep pointing at myself. I wanted to just say oh, something. I, was sorry. I, was, I thought you were pointing me to the microphone. Like, get closer. No, 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 no. But... I was like, I was, I was trying to point to myself saying I wanted to, like, say something, but I wanted, after you finished, finished you know, because I didn't want to, like, have some sort of awkward, are you trying to, are you trying to, which we're doing right now. But, hey, that's, that's just part of, that's It's just... been a while that we've, since we've been together, Amy, is well, what I'm trying well, to say. Well, not only that, but it's also part of the challenges of doing this on Zoom and not having the yeah. chat function open either. So, go Yeah, ahead. so I'll, I'll do it this way. All I wanted to say is that, that denial stuff is very familiar to me. And I think it's very familiar to a lot of people. We don't want to see things that we don't want to see. We want to pretend that things are okay. And so uh, that's, I, so I'm, I sympathize with, with yep. Yvette about that because I felt the same way with my wife when my life was breaking down back at the turn of the century. So that, you know, that, but I understand that. That's all I really wanted to say. And didn't want to spend as much time as we spent on that. So I'm shutting up now. It happens. It's okay. It's the joys of doing this over Zoom and recording a live podcast. Record it live. Well, yeah, we'll have to get Jace back on to explore that topic. But anyway, moving on. So after I come out to my now ex, um, we, we kind of what I call the um, negotiation phase of, I know you need to do this, you know, and I need you, I know you need to explore this, but I just don't want to see it. And so what ended up happening through that is, you know, I um, had a friend that allowed me to store my clothes at her house and I was able to um, get access, was able to get dressed up, was able to start going out as Amy and exploring my gender identity very quick. That went from cross-dressing to gender fluid. Um, and I kind of sat on gender fluid, but I always had in the back of my mind. I sat on gender fluid for a while, but I had in the back of my mind, am I trans? Should I transition? So those were some of the thoughts going through my head. And I went through that phase for actually, you know, a pretty long time. But spring and summer of 2017, is that where that's where it started. And the other thing is there, I was continuing with therapy. I was also continuing with the online support groups. And I was also coming out to more and more friends who were actually starting to only know me now as Amy. So I was starting to build that whole identity. 
some knew me in the duality like you and other people but i was starting to make i was starting to make i started to make friends just as amy and so yeah well I, I was a better friend to amy than i was to the previous you i didn't like it when i would show up at boulder and the other guy was there sorry it was, it's i understand why and it's perfectly acceptable but you know jamie uh, amy is, is is fun yeah amy. amy amy is amy is bright and cute and just a lot of fun to be around the oh. other guy was the other guy was like i am insurance do doing insurance things in an insurance way blah 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 and like really straightforward and cold and dry it's like i'll sit over here but Amy was like, yeah, I'll sit with you. Yeah. Sorry. There you go. So, but also a lot of things I, you know, and this is probably why I'm in graduate school right now is I, as I geeked out on research, I wanted to understand transgender um, identities and how people become transgender and the, the brain science behind it. But what I really found out that there's no clear cut answers on this. <laughs> there, there's a lot of theory. There's a, sure. we have some good um, science that's starting to point us in these directions to understanding it. But at the same time, I'm also kind of at the point right now that it doesn't really fucking matter. It doesn't, you know, why for me, one of my, one of my mantras is why is a management question and I'm not in charge. I don't know why I was born, uh, where my birth defect is that I have the wrong genitals. Uh, that's the, that was, if they want to talk about birth defect, you want to talk about like issues that they had. The problem is not that it is not the body. It's the, it's the brain and the brain was in the wrong body. Not the body is in the, has the wrong brain. That's, that's the way I look at it. And it really doesn't matter. Uh, all this scientific research and all the, all the stuff that the social scientists are doing on this stuff to me is just, is, uh, it, it bolsters the fact that we exist. It does not. It does not prove the fact. You know, we don't use we don't use uh, science and statistics uh, for to prove it. We just use it to. You know, we use. It's, one of the, another phrase I use is that you know some people use science as a uh, like statistics as a uh, like a drunk drunk uses a light street light for support, not illumination. It just illuminates the fact that we are here and we have existences. Yeah, and but, somebody who's in training to be a social scientist, and you know, my program is very research-driven and analytical. Mm -hmm. And some, you know, it's a counseling program, but it, yeah, you're you're getting your mistresses in that, aren't you? Yeah, we're we're a counseling program, but I mean, if you look at some of the stuff we're researching and the data, you know, we're we're pushing we're pushing psychology at some level. I think you know, trying to validate stuff. <clears throat> yeah. And so, you know, but one of the most validating peer reviewed articles I read, and this is this is what it boils down to, is that if you give a cisgendered person cross gender hormones, you will they will develop the symptoms of anxiety, depression and gender dysphoria, where if you give a trans person, you know, let's just say in our case, assigned male at birth, cross gender hormones wow you yeah. and i are like walking examples of gender euphoria so well, if you, that if you think about it, that's that's what nature did to us yeah and so you know like anxiety anxiety was it anxiety um and depression what was the other one dysphoria anxiety dysphoria and depression those those came pre-installed with us yeah but also those that also leads to ptsd you know if that doesn't get treated so i mean you and, and i think we've all had to deal with that especially us transitioning later in life you know we have a lot of stress built up over time because mm -hmm. of that anxiety and depression of trying to suppress who we really are 
And that lying to ourselves, and you, you and I have both talked about this, is that is really hard for an individual to deal with over the period of a life. Yeah, let's get back to your timeline. This is all, this is all good points, but I want to get back to, okay. the, to the timeline. So the, the, you, point, the point being there is we, we've looked at these issues, and you and I did not go into this blindly, especially myself. Yeah. Um, and then in September of 17, I actually changed my primary care physician from a suburban clinic that just primarily handles day-to-day -day routine stuff to the clinic in town that primarily handles LGBTQ healthcare. That's a small but very significant change in my medical in my medical team. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yep. I, I, I fired my, my I fired the other guy's doctor and I got somebody else. Yep. So I made that change and then uh, late seventeen December last week of December two thousand seventeen, going into January two thousand eighteen, I have my first appointments with my new new doctor right out of the gate. After hearing my story, talking through physical and a follow up appointment, she suggested HRT. But you know, uh, I have I have a lot of things going on. I'm not there yet mentally still working through issues at home and so what i end up deciding is we're going to go the anti-anxiety medication route which helped but as we go through the winter of spring of 18 i was still fretting about um being you know should i do this shouldn't i do it you know i'm forward i'm in my late uh, let's see at that point i'm 46 you know do I want to get to the point in my life where I look back and I regret it? I'm already at that in my late approaching late forties. You know, I don't want to look back and regret. And I have this, and I feel like at that point I have this opportunity to transition and I realize the change and upheaval it's going to create in my life, but I would rather have that than the regret. And so a friend of mine, actually Emma, who was on the show recently again, she shared with me a paper and basically what it came down to is like 70 year old cross dressers. Once you get into that older age of cross dressers, they look back on their lives with so much regret that I eventually said to myself, I cannot be that 70 year old cross dresser or trans person who is looking back with that level of regret. And so mm -hmm. I, that's one of that's when I made the decision. I was like, yeah, I need to really start thinking hard about this. So in the fall, or actually May of 2018, I actually started the process for informed consent hormone replacement therapy with with my clinic and Good. got in late May, June, had some appointments. And then July 11th of 2018, I took my first two blue pills. That's really, really cool. My mine is very similar. Everything that you said, you could you could cross off Amy. If you take a transcript, you toss off Amy and then write Penny and then crayon and be almost identical. Uh, exactly. I'm, I'm a dec. I, I did it like three years sooner and a decade later than you. All of this stuff and exactly the same feelings that I had. Uh, I'd never did any of the cross dressing stuff, and uh, I. But I, other than that, I was you know exactly the same thing. It was, it's really interesting to see how our paths change. Do you ever get like emails and messages on social media from from uh, people deeply closeted older? Uh, folk who are like, I just can't do what you're doing, and your heart just goes out to them. I get that a lot. I don't get that very often. Um, I do have a couple people that reach out to me. 
Um, I have one that's reached, started reaching out to me again. Um, I haven't heard from them in a while. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they're dealing with is through this pandemic is living in a family situation that's just not safe for them. And so, you know, it's just, but I've also really gotten away from giving advice in these situations. Says the woman about to become a therapist. Not even, but modern day counseling is not about advice giving. It's about. Yeah, I know. I'm teasing. It's about, so, you know, eventually, you know, they were messaging me the other day and I said, you know, do you ever notice I don't give you advice and I tend to answer your questions with a question? Is that what you do? A lot of times. But, but it's people, but people reach out to me, you looking for advice, but I can't, but through Facebook Messenger, I'm not in a position to give them advice because I've tried to give some advice when I first started coming out. And wow, did that backfire in my face? Bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, my message to people is like, if you're listening to this, wondering if you can follow my footsteps, that's a situation you're going to have to you're going to have to really look at your situation long and hard to make that mm -hmm. determination for yourself. And, you know, that's and I have another friend you know, that, you know, thinks that they should go on to hormones, but, you know, they're just, you know, I don't lack a better term. I think they might be a little afraid to. Yeah. But this is, I see that all the time. I see it all the time and, and it's natural and you're not going, and I was afraid to. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel the same way. And it's, it's, and I always, uh, I, I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of shows and I do a lot of talks and things like that with people. And I always preface it with like, this is my journey and you do it too. This is, this is, this is that, that's your journey. There's a lot of things that as you're saying them, I'm thinking, wow, that's, that was me too. And as a lot of people hear this, they'll probably come up with the same thing. But again, everybody, they, if you're listening to this and thinking about this, you have to make your own decisions. You have to do what's safe for yourself. Uh, what happened to us may not happen to you. What happened for us may not happen for you. Uh, it's just like do the next right thing and I but I still want to hear more about stuff So you've gotten yourself to the point where you are about you you are in the what that's called in transition Yep, you're moving from from the old life to the new life and you're mostly in the new life and you want certain things but I'm also going to work every day as Still presenting as a cisgender male mm -hmm. I go to the fire department. I present as a cisgender male at the time. I was also officiating ice hockey, do, presenting as a male. And so I'm doing all this and it creates this duality in me. And also at the time, my, you know, now ex doesn't want, she still doesn't want to know too much about this. But that duality and that like second life thing is, is tearing me apart. And so that process started getting torn down first at home. And then I talk about hockey fire department and my job that I was at in the summer of two, fall of 2018, all those three are gone now. Yeah. This is a big update from, you know, when we recorded last year is, um, I'm no longer in the insurance industry. I no longer am a volunteer firefighter. I'm no longer, you know, officiating hockey. I might come back to hockey at some point just because I do like it and I love it. But, you know, my life has moved on from those parts. And so it's, you know, I'm doing the counseling thing. I'm doing comedy. My interests have changed 
I'm mm-hmm. doing this podcast. So, I mean, this, those other parts of my life no longer fit with who I am. <coughs> Excuse me. And I had a nickname under my male name that, you know, when I transitioned to that, some people have continued to use for me because it works with my legal last name. But that nickname I've had to retire as well because Amy Stevens is really, and just by the way, I'm not going to, I, I don't put out my legal last name for a lot of reasons, um, but my Stevens is my legal middle name. And so my identity is wrapped up in Amy Stevens when it comes to public facing stuff. And then privately, um, my, my last name, and, you know, that's not uncommon in any type of entertainment industry to have a stage name. So I, I don't feel bad about that. Yeah, just ask Thomas Cruz Mapother. Yeah, there you go. So, who's that? Tom Cruise. His last um, name is Mapother. M A P O T H E R. Yeah. I'm a compendium of useless information. If like if this was Jeopardy, I'd just be cleaning your clock right now. So, yeah, continue no, on. I would never compete with you in Jeopardy. So, you know, so it's it just goes back to that duality like we've already spoke about you you saw it, you know, live. So, it couldn't exist forever. So in Jan, you know, so mm-hmm. You know, but in- and I remember I remember asking you about these things, about the hockey and about this, and you kept on saying I want to do that. And honestly, I was thinking, eh, guessing that's not going to actually happen. I never said anything about it, but that was my guess. Uh, just from because I like transitionally, I was like what, 12, 14 months ahead of you, and I the same thing with me. I was putting down things that I thought that I was going to continue doing, yeah, that I could not see myself not doing. And the same thing like when I was smoking. Uh, one of the biggest problems, one of the reasons why I continued smoking longer than I wanted is because I couldn't see myself not smoking. Yep. Well, then, and well, so then and th- then you find out afterwards as you stop and you change things that you don't need them nearly as much as you thought you did. With the fire department, it just became a matter of time. You know, I'm going mm-hmm. into grad school. You know, I'm taking 12 graduate credit hours this semester. And I took six over the summer in five weeks. So, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't have time to dedicate to the training to stay, you know, to stay involved with that community. So it's not fair to them, you know, Mm -hmm. to keep me on the rolls if I'm not there either. So it just made sense to resign from that. And so I'm just, I'm just amazed also you're doing all this stuff and also everything else you're doing. Cause when I was in grad school, I I did nothing but, well, I did grad school and freelance video stuff, but that was mostly as grad school. So yeah, I, I just, I just. And what I was going for was a lot less strenuous academically than what you're going for. Yeah, so, this is actually a pretty research-focused, academically vigorous program. Props to you. And to jump into the deep end like I did and earn two A's, you know, in a summer session, I'm, I'm proud Set of Set the that. bar pretty high there, didn't you, Amy? Yeah, probably a little too high. But anyway so yeah so but through this you know summer and fall of 18 i'm in this mindset of like i can be gender fluid and i can maintain this duality and i actually came out to larue who's my oldest daughter as gender fluid boy did that come back to bite me in the ass so but as we come up into winter of 2018 19 i'm still trying to like balance this out in my head but I went out to lunch with a friend in January of 2019 and came out to him. And one of the words, he's like, well, how do you identify? And that was the first time I actually came out to, especially somebody in our church community. And I used the word trans. Wow. And that, and so that's, you know, I knew in the back of my head it was there, but I was also trying not to go there. So, but that, 
you know, when I came home from that lunch, even, you know, my now ex-wife, she even said, she's like, well, how did you identify with him? And I said, trans, and I could see the, the recognition of what that meant wash across her face. And then in February of 2019, early March is when we decided that, you know, our relationship as uh, a couple in love and romantically evolved as a marriage was going to end. Mm -hmm. So, and then in April, 2019, yeah. I came out to my kids. Uh, but of course the oldest was like, Hey, you came out to me six months ago as gender fluid. What the fuck? So, right. we, so we had to work through that. And so I had to walk her through this process. Thank God she had a high school teacher who she, she could confide in, who basically said the same thing as like, well, maybe your dad was just thinking they're gender fluid and now they right. really know they're trans. So, you know, fortunately yeah, my, my explanation matched his. Yeah, this is all, all new for all of us. It's, it just is new for me. And, uh, you know, that I talk about the lies that I tell myself all the time. And because the truth, even though I knew what it was my entire life, I never thought that I could live my truth. Yeah. So this is all stuff we've talked about before. I want to hear the process about the your, how you got to the place where you're now sitting there with bandages on your nose, forehead and like covering up the bruises around your eyes. Well, how did you get May, that? May of two, so that actually started back around the time I started HRT. And then in January of 2019, I actually made an appointment with Dr. Bella Avanasian at Mount Sinai for a May 2019 facial feminization surgery consultation. And I made that appointment on the backside of my first trip over to London, England, where I did two stand-up shows, um, just knocked it out of the park, standing room only crowds both nights. They weren't there for me though. Um, <laughs> You didn't need to say that last part. It was just, you know, you know selective truths are wonderful truths. There you go. But it was, it was a great experience, great trip. And so after that facial feminization surgery consult in May 19, we actually scheduled a trip, a surgical date for early 2000, um, October of 2019. Uh, but in between, and then life hit. What's that? And then life hit. Then life hit. Yeah, exactly. So I went full time in July of 2019, finally. Uh, then, uh, and then also um, within there too, I also started dating my first girlfriend post-transition. So that was a very validating experience. And then October 2019, as I mentioned, that first date um, came and went without Amy getting her facial feminization surgery. There were some insurance issues and changes because of my marital status at that time. Um, so we had to scrap that. So I went from October of 19 and we rescheduled to March of, March of this year. Hmm. Um, so nothing else happened in March of this nothing year. Nothing happened. But we get back to the deliberateness of this. So I started at Starbucks after my job change in uh, March or actually late November of 2019 and then in january of 2020 of this year rather i spoke with mount sinai the help um, because at that time i was also on a community plan for excellus blue cross blue shield here and then so i was talking to the surgical coordinator i'm like well this is my insurance this is what it's up to you. she's like oh yeah we don't we can't take excellus anymore because they're not covering ffs for a while they were then but I also know a lot of other trans women that have had huge issues here locally with Excellus. So um, so I had actually put in my two-week notice at Starbucks. I was going to quit and focus on other things. But then as soon as I found out 
that Excel, that that insurance wasn't going to work, I actually called my manager and retracted my two week notice and stayed at Starbucks. I didn't know Starbucks took take backsies. Yeah, they did for me though. I'm so thankful for it. So, uh, so I started working towards qualifying for um, health insurance at Starbucks because at Starbucks you have to average 20 hours a week for three months to get on. I think it's three months. Pretty sure, yeah, three months to get on their health insurance plan. Or was it six? I can't remember. Um, but with COVID and everything, it ended up being six for me. So it doesn't matter. So, um, but I did have a second FFS date set for March 30th. But because of COVID and everything going on with my insurance situation, we rescheduled to August 17th. And then, so we're going through this COVID situation, March, April, May, things are starting to get better here in upstate New York. But if we look downstate, things are still pretty crappy regarding COVID. So I called my surgical coordinator in May of 2000 or May of this year and said, you know, hey, is this, you know, we had rescheduled to August 17th. Is this going to hold? She goes, yeah, we're going to start actually rescheduling surgery starting soon. So if you're scheduled for August 17th, we'll do everything we can to keep you on that date. So that way we don't have to reaccommodate you because there are other issues that other people are having now. So we'd rather hold your date. So I was walking through her and I said, hey, my Starbucks benefits are scheduled to start on July 1. She's like, fantastic. We've worked with Starbucks before. We know what to do. Um, so, the, so, I, so I kicked that process. That's how I started. It was in May of, two, May of this year. I said, okay, this is what's happening on July 1. And then in June, I get the notification from Starbucks that on July 1, my benefits will start and I need to do, go through the enrollment process. I go through the enrollment process pretty much on June 2nd. And then Starbucks actually self-funds a lot of the transgender healthcare that they do. So I, they actually have a third-party administrator who I worked with who is a Starbucks transgender advocate. And so hmm. they're familiar with the procedures, with the benefits and everything for transgender individuals. So even before my health insurance went into effect and my um, healthcare coverage, for transgender stuff through Starbucks, I was on the phone with them letting them know I had an August 17th date and I wanted to do everything in my power to hold that date. So we went into this knowing full well what the situation was. So on July 20, so in July of this year, I had to get my letters done and resubmitted. I submitted everything to the Starbucks advocate. They submitted everything that they needed to on their end for their claims department. I spoke with the billing department at the hospital and with the surgeon to let them know what was going on. They submitted everything in mid to late July. Then nine days before I get a telephone call. So this is nine days before my surgery. I get a telephone call saying, sorry, all of your letters were rejected. Oh my God. I'm like, what the fuck? The reason they were rejected was because it didn't include a paragraph that said, per the WPATH guidelines for facial feminization surgery, that I meet those guidelines. However, if you read the WPATH requirements, at the latest version of them that are published on their website, there are no letter requirements for the procedures involved with facial feminization surgery. So for people who don't know what WPATH is, it's the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. It's the people who like basically set the parameters of what is needed uh, for trans to, to treat transgender patients in the medical community. International recognized gatekeepers. Yeah, basically. 
And so they, they, they're, they're in their note, they say that they don't need a note. It basically is what they said. So, but the claims department is managed by Aetna Insurance, hasn't kept up mm -hmm. with the WPATH requirements, so they rejected my letters. All right. And it's, the same problem with <clears throat> with my first time for the breast augmentation surgery, where they were the the first surgeon wanted two letters of recommendation from two separate psychiatrists, no. and they wouldn't back down from that. Yeah, that was that was frustrating as all guys. So I recognize that frustration. And that, but at some level, you also have to realize that you know if you want this done, you need to play their game, and this mm -hmm. is where the research understanding you know what I needed, I got it done, and I also had a. So on that Friday afternoon, I actually texted a counselor of mine that I started seeing back in February 2017. And I had actually asked him for a letter for the surgery and he never got it back to me. So I'm like, hey, remember that letter you were supposed to get me a month ago and you never did? He's like, yeah, I'm like, I need it today. <laughs> so, you know, he was able to get the letter done. I got it back from him. I got it submitted to um, the Starbucks Advocacy. And then the Friday or so then that was over the weekend. And that whole weekend, I did not sleep. My angst, my anxiety was through the roof. I just had a tough time working, interacting with people. I mean, granted, at this point, I've been planning and thinking about the surgery for two years. So finally, on Monday, I speak with Starbucks. They're like, everything's submitted. We'll hear back probably tomorrow. And I was very honest. I said, hey, look, this is... I also sent them a letter saying this, the WPATH requirements have changed. Please speed up, um, you know please change your things, but here's the letter. So it was just a nightmare. So it was, but finally Tuesday, six days before my surgery, I got my approval. Not, Good for you. Oh, and it, but then that was just a relief of the world taken off of me. So I had the surgery was on August 17th. I had to be down there on the 15th for a COVID test. Very, oh geez, had to spend to spend time in New York City. How horrible is that? Yeah, but I was with the, you know, and I love her to death, and I'm really appreciative. But you know, I ended up spending 12 nights with her in a small one-bedroom Manhattan apartment. We were kind of on top of each other for a while, Yikes. and I really appreciate her hospitality. And so, you know, it's just, but all that stress, and it finally came through. I had my surgery. The results have been fantastic as the swelling continues to go down. I was looking at some old pictures the other day, comparing them to how I look today. There's... Me too, because you post them all on Insta. But it, but <laughs> Not all, but it's, it's, it's fun watching. It's fun looking at that. It's fun seeing your joy, quite frankly, in all of this. Well, and I actually have you know a friend of mine from high school who lives downstate who I saw on the way back. You know, One of the things that her and her kids talk about is living authentically and being honest to yourselves. And her 11 year old son, according to her, is like, you know, the cool thing about Amy is that she is so open and authentic and real about this process. You know, so I just posted a picture today of before makeup and after makeup. You know, I wake up, you know, I because of COVID, I wasn't able to get my face <laughs> lasered or, you know, so mm -hmm. I still have to shave my face, you know, and that's going to change at some point. But you know, I'm very real and open with, with everything. And so, you know, that honesty goes a long way and I'm very deliberate and being open and honest, but at the same right. time, one of the things I've had to deal with post-surgery is, um, there's some people in our community that, you know, are, you know, have told me point blank. It's like, you're not living out and proud the way you should be. You're hiding behind your facial feminization surgery to blend in as a cisgender woman. 
I'm like, well, fuck them. Well, and that's, and it, but that's a real mind fuck to hear. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I, they're not gay. They're not your gatekeepers. No, they're not my gatekeepers. And this is what, you know, my thought and process and some things I've worked through, you know, with myself and a counselor is, you know, I want to be able to engage through my comedy, my counseling and this podcast. But yet when I go to the grocery store, or when I'm at work in a public facing environment, such as Starbucks in a drive through situation, I don't need to be laughed at. I don't need to be ridiculed. And all those things are happening to me up until the time that I left for my facial feminization surgery. And so now when I pass through society, that's not the first that's not the first thing because I could never overcome my problems. Yeah. And it's really fascinating. We were talking about this before we started. Your job and my job where we work is literally half a mile apart. And so we've got to be seeing the same people uh, passing in front of us because I also have a service job. Uh, I work for Staples. And so I see a lot of these people, probably the same people you do. And I don't get the same reactions that you do. So it's really interesting how much I also, despite what everyone tells me, I, 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 I don't have that masculine a face. Apparently, I don't have the big brow bones. I have high cheekbones. Uh, and I don't seem to get the same sort of reaction. And I... I, it just pisses me off to hear that people are giving you a hard time for it. This is your life. You get to choose how you live it. You get to pick as much as possible how you look. And that's all on you. And if they have a problem with it, that's their problem. That's a them problem, not a you problem. I'll send them to you next time. I would love to take care. Yeah, I'll, I'll stand between you and them anytime. I don't think there's going to be a next time, though. Good for you. All right. Well, this has been a really fascinating story. I want to hear more about this later on, but we're already up like 40 minutes into this thing. We have a bunch of other stuff we want to cover. So let's take a real quick break here and then we'll get some, some me time as opposed to your time, which of course is me. That's right. And we'll be right back. To financially support Transformation Thursday, go to transformationthursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday Podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at TransThursPod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google podcast or wherever you get your podcasts on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review it's free and it does help get transformation thursday out to a larger audience finally transformation thursday is copyrighted material all rights reserved 2020 welcome back to transformation thursday i'm penny sterling and my pronouns are she her and i'm amy stevens and my pronouns are she her as well and um it was kind of a good little cathartic experience in laying that all out, Penny. So I appreciate you putting up with me and allowing me to have that space to, you know, not only share with everybody, but also process some of the emotions I've been feeling over the last, you know, few weeks since I've had the surgery. So thanks for that opportunity. Yeah. But, you know, even though sometimes it is about me, um, this time it's about you, though. I mean, you have some yeah. really cool things going on this fall and i'm really happy for you and you know we we're talking about jealousy i'm happy jealous for you i wish i had some of these opportunities but you also have this great storytelling background and you're just gonna knock it out of the park this fall so i, I thank you why don't you tell us a little bit about that 
All right, well, first things first, uh, coming up here is the Rochester Fringe Festival. I had a show scheduled for the real-life Fringe Festival that I was going to be doing. I was going to be doing my new show, Schmilf Life, but that went by the wayside. But there's a virtual Fringe show that was coming up. So the idea was record or do a show live that uh, that you could then put in the Fringe Festival. Uh, Schmilf Life has a whole bunch of audience interaction in it, so that didn't work. So I just did Spy in the House of Men, my original show, and I went to record it. To, to put it on there. I did one job, but I actually recorded it back in May. But um, I was doing all of the work myself. I was shooting it from like multiple angles. I was also performing it. I didn't like the way it turned out because I could, it's, my, my energy was low. Uh, I was screwing up left and right because as I was working, as I was saying my lines, I was also producing and looking at cameras and stuff like that. And it just turned out to be pure crap. And I figured this out like, uh, like less than less than a week from when I needed to have the show submitted. So I did a desperation pass on Facebook where I said, I can't air this. This is this is dreck. Uh, if anybody who has any production ability at all has any willingness to do this for like little or no money, let me know. And Joe Marino, who is one of the best photographers I know, uh, said, oh, I just got a new video camera and I would love to try it out. So why don't you come over to my studios and we'll do something. That's, and so I did that. That's amazing. It, it really is. It's it's amazing when you ask for what you want in the universe, the universe will oftentimes provide it for you. So I went to Joe's and he had stuff set up. It was not the way I would have done it as a, as a video professional, but I refused to consider that. I was like, okay, I'm just going to pay attention to what I need to do here as a performer. And I'm not going to give any thoughts to the way Joe has things set up. And because I knew that whatever he had, because he had this really kick-ass 4K camera and these really great lenses on his cameras. And I was like, whatever he gets me here is going to be better than what I have. So I just 100% concentrated on what I needed to do. And it came out great. It really did. And I'm really proud of it. And I'm really excited for people to see it. So all you need to do is go to the Rochester Fringe website. If you put down Rochester Fringe and like Spy or something like that on your on your whatever uh, internet browser you use, you'll come up to the ticketing. And it's $5 to see my show. You can see it anytime between the 15th and October 10th. It's it's an on-demand program, so you can just watch it on your schedule. And I would really love to hear your feedback from it. It's, Is it downloadable? I don't think so. So it's actually on a YouTube page, but you only have that one. Uh, you, only, you have to have the access code to get to it. And so that's so that's how it's going. And then uh and, I, and then i get five dollars well so i was is, just thinking about cool. that because I was, i'm taking a trip next week on an airplane so Ooh. yeah i know so i was just thinking about well maybe i could download and watch it on the plane but maybe i don't know we'll find out let me know it's it's going to be on the 15th if there's not an issue then we'll figure something else out because i'll, I'll, I'll pay the i bucks. happen to know I'll, I'll give you the five bucks you're so sweet. I can use the five bucks. So that's going on for me. The other thing, another thing that's going on for me is I am you. You've got your your story about uh, academics to talk about, Amy. I got my story too. I am now teaching at St. John Fisher. I'm teaching. What? It's amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like right down. Like right down the street from where you're colleging. I'm. I'm also colleging. Because you're at NAS, right? No, you're at Brockport, way far away. I, I don't know. Why I think that. Yeah. I'm at. I'm at. Uh, is it okay if we talk about that? We mentioned that online. I haven't mentioned the school by name yet, but I guess whoops, it's out there now. I've just outed Amy. I'm sorry. I just I just academically outed you. I apologize for that. But anyhow, yeah, I'm teaching public speaking this semester, um, and it's it's nerve wracking, quite frankly, because when I was offered this job, uh, they were like, "How do you want to teach it?" And it's like I 
can't see any way of teaching public speaking without actually having people interact with each other because and you know this Amy because you're a performer too when you're speaking in front of a group of people there's an entirely different vibe a different feeling than when you're performing in a camera even if they're watching you live on a camera there's still not that reaction that intimacy that you have in a, in a space so my class is not only doing the public speaking but they're also audiencing for lack of a better word for the people who are up there because you need to have a target you need to work on things like looking at the crowd and walking around the crowd and, and, and engaging with them with your words and your action that you can't do when you do it when you do it online how, so, there's a so how, that's a there's a however there though I'm sorry to jump in go ahead um but with everything the acceptance of zoom coming out of this pandemic and especially in my field of mental health counseling you know and insurance being willing to pay for it and with um more clients willing to actually go through counseling virtually there's also the need for people to get used to these environments and how to interact, how to read body language, how to figure out when to speak, not to speak. Some of the things we've stumbled through the, today. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a segment on that, too, where there's going to be a, uh, a two week uh, window where we're just going to be doing things online. And that's going to be in October. And one of the reasons why I put that in there is for what you're saying, but also because I am going to be. Um, a plenary speaker at the American Asso Association of Psychotherapists convention in October. Um, plenary speaker means somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. No, what it really it's it basically it's somebody who speaks from lived experience because these are all psychotherapists. And so they wanted people to come in and talk. Uh, this one is doing a lot about gender, uh, gender issues. And so they invited me to come over and, and do that. And by giving my show and doing a panel thing and maybe even doing a workshop. Uh, so, but the only problem with it is that the convention is going to be in Columbus, Ohio, which is right now listed as a COVID hotspot. So if we still do this and if this happens, I'm going to be mandatory self-isolating for two weeks. Uh, and so I figured if that's going to happen, let's just like do that so that we can also take care of this, this Zoom conferencing stuff. Because you're right, the, the body languages and the things you see at that point, a lot of it is also depending on how they have their Zoom set up. Are they even going to be seeing everybody? So there's going to be issues that we're going to be talking about that. And that's an, and I'm really looking forward to all of this, including that speaking. Plus, I am going to be doing something with a friend of the show, Peterson Toscano, in October, October 11th, National Coming Out Day. Peterson and I are going to be doing a one half hour special called a half hour with Peterson and Penny. where We're both going to be doing some comedy and some storytelling and a lot of fun stuff. And that's going to be a fundraiser for um I Peterson has this information. I don't, but it's going to be fun for that. And we'll be I'll be promoting the hell out of that as soon as we get past these um, the, the the Fringe Festival stuff. So you'll be seeing that a lot about that and hearing a lot about that from me. And the last thing that I want to talk about, something that we're circling back for you is you talked about your name change, Amy. Yeah, I'm doing that finally. I'm finally getting my own name changed. Isn't it? It's it's incredibly validating. I you know I started the process last November and then everything got finalized and then. In January of this year, I took care of the driver's license, the social security card, and my passport. So all my government documents not only have the right name on it, but they also have the right gender on it now. So yeah, it's it's a I'm, it's a very nice thing to get in the mail those documents, you know, that reflect us properly. Yeah, it's just another thing that I, that I've talked about this, and you kind of touched on it too. Uh, and, and I have as well in past things, the, the, every single thing that I have ever done for myself that has turned out well, every single thing that I, I have lied to myself that I did not want it. 
And when I transitioned, I told myself that I wasn't going to have surgery, that I wasn't going to be transgender, even though I've talked about this in my show, Spy, and if you watch, you'll hear it. There's this thing called the Kojiati, the Comprehensive Gender Identity and Transgender Index. It's an online thing. It's not really scientific. I didn't know that at the time, but basically it asks you like 36 or 37 questions, and by basing on those questions, it will then put you in one of five quintiles from, you know, like basically a cross-dresser to a you know, full-on transgender. And I took the test, and even though I didn't cross-dress, when the results came back, I was like smack in the middle of the, of the you know, you are trans, you are transgender. And so I looked at that, and the lie, I looked at where it put me, and I said, oh, I'm androgynous. <laughs> I couldn't even see, even though, it's, and so I started out that way, and it wasn't until my therapist said, okay, I don't see you as, are you, are you a man or are you a woman? And I immediately said, I'm a woman. And they said, well, then start being a woman that I started doing this. So I, it's, it's been a path for me to actually admit what I wanted. I didn't want breast augmentation surgery. I, I actually did. I didn't want facial feminization surgery. I actually do. I didn't want my name changed. I actually do. I was going to leave my last name there. I actually didn't want that. Yep. And so when I do, unlike you, I'm going to change my, my entire everything about me. So now I'm, I'm having this issue. Where I'm going to be figuring out my middle name as well. So I've been talking to people about that and thinking about that as well. So that's another thing that's going to be going on with me this fall. So we both have a lot of stuff going on. We do. Is what I'm trying to say. And including this show. And it's been a really great, what is it, hour and 25 minutes now? I don't even know. We've been talking for so long. We're at 55 uh, minutes. Ooh, look at that. We're, we're keeping it under an hour. So um, we've got stuff coming up, too. Uh, some, of, some of the things we're going to be toughing up with, we're going to, on, on the topics of transgender surgeries, uh, we are going to have a friend of mine, Penny Gold, who had a very similar transitional thing to you, except for she went to Thailand for her surgery, which is a perfectly legitimate thing to do, except for she, while she was in Thailand, recovering from her surgery was when COVID hit. Mm. And so that's an interesting story to hear about how long she was over in Thailand and how, and then decisions that she made for that. And that's going to be a fascinating conversation. Plus, speaking of COVID, uh, Ted O'Brien, I'm a friend with with, with Ted's wife, uh, Ted's wife Sue, which I didn't even know was, married to Ted, but Ted was a Monroe County legislature politician who hit, who was really badly hit with COVID and has recovered. And so we're going to have them on. They're going to talk about what it's like not only to go through the, the disease and the infection and fighting the infection and surviving it, but what happens to your body afterwards. And that's going to be a, a very fascinating conversation. And plenty more coming up here on Transformation Thursday as we look at things in the world. And I'm really never going to be tired of looking at you, Amy, especially with that the smiles that I see in you. Not that smile. That's a grimace. But uh, you are just so hot. All right. So that's all I have. You got anything else you want to add, Amy? Nope. nope. She's shaking her head. No, apparently oh. she's done She's done talking. I'm talked out so for the day. All talked out for the day. I'm not. I, I do all the talking all the time. Thank you very much, Amy, for spending another hour with me. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Have a good night, Amy. Thanks, Penny. Good night, everybody.